we, we, we want to chase a lot of shiny objects. We've been guilty of that where we, where we pursue other things. When I'm communicating the value, when a salesman is trying to talk to a prospect, we tend to go in a bunch of different areas. Mm-hmm. So what I've always, everybody says the, the, the KISS principle, and, and I like to call it, keep it simple, Steve. So just keep the <laughs> message very, very simple. This is Stay Paid, the marketing podcast that gives listeners a competitive edge to stay motivated, find inspiration, and discover proven real-world tactics from some of the best marketers across the nation. Welcome to another episode of Stay Paid. I'm Joshua Stike along with Luke Acri. And before we bring on our very special guest today, we'd love it if you take a minute to subscribe to Stay Paid on Apple Podcasts or Spotify if you're not already subscribed. And while you're there, drop us a review to let us know how we're doing. We'll read it here on the show. This week's featured review comes from, I didn't write down the name. Oh, that's a shame. I didn't write down the name. (laughs) I wrote down the review. So if you're out there and you wrote this review, please let us know. They say, keeping pace with change, there are many, many places to get your real estate news, advice, and education. However, Reminder Media Stay Paid Series is my go-to, and in my opinion, best in class. Whether you are just starting out or you're a top producer, there's never a day that should go by that you don't learn something new. Real estate has historically been slow to adapt and evolve with the content that Stay Paid provides you will be in the know and grow. So thank you, Anonymous Reviewer. Yes, thank you very much. <laughs> we will find your name and shout your, your name, name out on another show. And make sure to shout that out. But our special guest today uh, is back for a second time. That's right. Yeah. This month, It's hard to get him out of his cave. It is, it is. This month's <laughs> theme is all about branding and branding yourself as a local expert, branding your business, building a brand. So we thought, what better time than to bring back none other than the founder and re, uh, the founder and CEO of Reminder Media, the company behind Stay Paid, and talk about how Reminder Media came to be and what's at the core of our brand. Steve Acri, welcome to pot, uh, well, st- Stay Paid. It's been I, too I w- long. I want to tell everyone that, that that review that he just read, if you really want to see how far they've come, you need to go back and watch one oh, of their no. first episodes of Stay Paid <laughs> Podcast. And if you do that, you will see how far, you, not only as a company, <laughs> but our brand and the Stay Paid Podcast, how far uh, Luke, uh, you and You'll Josh be encouraged that, wow, your videos are actually way better than our first videos. I went and watched my first YouTube video that I could find the other day, and it was was it one Horrible. of the Above the Noise? Yeah, it was yeah. one where I like shouted, this is Luke Akery, welcome to Above the Noise, and my hands it's like a meme. flinging. Yeah. It is basically it's a, it's a, a meme. company meme. Yeah. But it just tells you, <laughs> hey, look, everybody starts somewhere, and the key is you got to keep going and moving. Um, so we had you on, I think it was episode 100. 100. Right. It was yeah. uh, three years ago. It's like a little over three years ago. Yeah, I never thought I was going to do that one. When I said, yeah. I'll do episode 100, I thought... That's never going to happen. Well, but, it's yeah. been it's been pretty amazing. Like, how, what year are we heading into? 20, 20 years? Yeah. Oh, the, as the business? Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. 20 years. Yeah, 20, 20 years. years. We're, We're like the three more. stooges up here, yeah. by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are we doing again? <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> we we kind of have 2003 together, really. is yeah. when Reminder Media started. 2004 is when the first American Lifestyle magazine went out. Yeah. 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 So, um, you know, obviously it's come a long way since then. Share with them, like, how did you come up with the idea of doing the magazine for real estate agents? Because I think that's where the value prop starts. And then we can get into some of the principles probably we have learned over the years of trying to, to grow this thing. Um, well, I think the starting point from it is, is um, I think, I, I don't know if I've shared this before, but I had had some exposure to using reminders um, as communicating with your clients. And so I just moved back to Pennsylvania. I was living in Southern California for a while and I moved back to Pennsylvania and um, was trying to figure out what I was going to do. I was doing some things on the side, just trying to pay the bills. And uh, a good friend of mine and his wife, uh, after church, we're driving home and, and there's a for sale sign on the lawn of a house. And so she goes, hey, let's go in and, and, and check it out. So in that moment, 
and I didn't understand this in that moment, but in that moment, she decided, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to buy a house. So the decision was made just in that instant. So when we walked into the, um, into the house, the realtor is there and the realtor, and because I'm a salesperson, I look at the realtor and the realtor is, is uh, definitely trying to build a relationship immediately with them. Um, and really the realtor in hindsight was trying to find out, Hey, are you working with anyone? Cause obviously since real estate is one of our prime verticals, if the realtor is working, if they, if, if my friends were working with a realtor at that moment, that realtor had to sell them that house. Mm-hmm. So when the realtor realized that, Oh, they, they don't really have a realtor. It was a great assumptive close. I always believe in assuming the close. Yep. So he assumed the close. And, um, by the time we got home or back to where they, they lived at the time, when we got there, we already had a voicemail, there was emails. So he assumed that he was the realtor. And in that moment, it just occurred to me that uh, they were selling, I think their home at the time was 400,000. I think they were looking to buy in the seven, 800,000 range. And uh, so I realized the commissions at that moment, that's a substantial commission for a realtor. So I guess just the way I logically think, my brain is, is very logical. I said to myself, um, I, when I asked them, hey, do you remember who you work with when you bought this home here in, in Mount Joy? And they were like, I, I think so. But I don't know. I'm getting a lot of postcards, um, but I'm not sure. I think it's the lady from XYZ Company. And I'm like, well, are you sure? And, and I remember both of them are looking at each other. And they're like, I, I, we don't really, we're not sure exactly, but I'm pretty sure that's who it was. But regardless, I realized, wow, that person lost a pretty big commission. So then my mind went to like, wow, I wonder if that's a, I wonder if that's a, I wonder if staying connected for realtors is a big issue. And so then I like to always say this when I would ever tell this story. I do what everybody else would have done. I, I got my designer over here and I said, hey, uh, go get a magazine over at Barnes and Noble and, and real nice one. Grab 48 pages and just staple a, a make-believe cover on it called like your home. I'm going to go over to the real estate office and go talk to realtors. So I remember I went over uh, to the office there in Lank, downtown Lancaster and I started talking to the realtors when they're coming in and asking them, you know, hey, uh, stay in touch with your relationships. How do you do it, and so forth? And then I said, hey, what if what if we had this magazine and you could customize the the covers and the tear out cards? And then from there, um, I got really good feedback, and I was like, yeah, this potentially could work as a business. Uh, but then when I got home, I had a bunch of messages on the on the recorder, and it was things like, what's the minimum? that I have to send out, which I didn't know what the minimum was. What's it cost? And I didn't know that either. And so it was a lot of questions that I didn't have answers to, but what I did know in that moment, Hey, there's a great opportunity. And so then from there we, I developed, I hooked up with the realtor at that point. And then from there we just, um, then did whatever else did. We plugged some phones and started calling realtors and, and closing and building the business. Yeah. So, so. the more of the story is pick up the phone and call your client. I'm just kidding. No, that's that not is. the moral, but I think there's um, some really good takeaways. One is, your brand, like oftentimes the best companies and the best brands is comes from literally solving a problem yes, for yeah. people and a pain point and defining, you know, your brand around that, mm-hmm. that yep. you're not trying to bring to the market because most of the time you can't. And some people can, but most of the time you're not going to create the Uber or something like that. It's what is the pain point that people have? And you're bringing that to the market mm-hmm. and you're actually defining your brand around that, the pain point for the client. Yeah. Do you remember what your first, like, pitch was like do you remember uh, how you first sort of sold it was pretty bad the magazine no, I <laughs> no it was it was the same <laughs> like one from we a used, value it proposition was the same one we use today uh, no <laughs> sure. um uh, I, I think there was some semblance of what we used a long time ago which was the probably the what how why was just like um what can we do to help you um how is this gonna and then why is this gonna work for you as a realtor 
And so then, well, the second part being that you kind of skipped over, it's what can we do? How can, how do we actually do it? Yeah. Right. Helping them understand the process. Yeah. And then it's why. why yeah. So, I mean, that, when you break it down is what do we do is we're going to help you, what we're going to do is help you solve the, the challenge of how do you remind people that you've worked with in the past that you want to work with them in the future because the average homeowner, whatever the number you want to pull, five, seven years, however many you want to put, they're going to buy again in the future. So the what is how do you make sure that that person doesn't end up with another realtor? How, how do you do that? Mm -hmm. Or you don't have to be just a realtor. You could be a financial advisor. You could be, you hate to say it, but every business is, is a relationship-based business. Mm -hmm. So how, how, what, do you, what do we do is solidify the relationships that are established there. Um, how we're going to solidify that is obviously not just – Back then, it was just with one product, which was our magazine. Yeah. Now we've expanded the platform to encapsulate a lot of different things, um, everything from other ways of staying connected to generating leads and so forth. And then why it works, if you start with each individual tool you're offering to solve the, the what, the magazine just works because, and everybody can go home tonight, it's real simple, grab your mail. If I asked everyone that's watching this, what did you do? I always laugh when I ask this question to a prospect and they go, well, I study everything before I choose what I'm going. No, it's not what we do. We grab our mail and we sit there and we just, we probably throw away 90% of it. And so the, the really is we're getting you past that trash can because when you receive something and it, it, it is a gift, but not really a gift. It's just a way to communicate the value that you're placing on that relationship that you have, mm -hmm. even if they've already worked with you or they have not worked with you yet. Mm -hmm. you're, you're trying to say to them, I value the relationship that is established. That's why when you think of our prime um, tool being any one of our magazines, whether it's American Lifestyle, Good to Be Home, Start Healthy, uh, Business in Action, and the others that we're looking at doing, when you look at all those magazines, they're just a way to express the connection that you've established. Mm -hmm. And when you understand that, that it's more of a, I don't want to call it a branding, but it is, you're more reminding someone that you either have worked one with them, want to work with them, or have not worked with them, but you want to work with them, and you have to have the relationship established. That's why people aren't mailing out thousands of these things. They're mailing out to the true relationships that drive any business. Mm -hmm. And then from there, the beautiful part about Reminder Media and where, where we're going as a company is we're building all these additional tools to try to fill in the gaps for your relationships that may be not at the level where you would send them the magazine at that point, you might want to have other ways of communicating, whether it's digital, whether it's postcards, whether it's news, whatever it is, that's where we want to be. We want to do the, this is what we do. This is how we do it. Mm -hmm. And this is why it works. Yeah. It's been interesting over the years to kind of as tech has changed, things have changed. What has remained the same is relationships are the currency of business. Yep. You got to get people to know, like, and trust you. Well, our philosophy today is now omnipresent marketing, which we just, it's a fancy word to basically say you should be everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, and that way clients see you everywhere. So we have a social media component now, an email component, uh, yeah, obviously the direct mail component. And the idea is you're on their coffee table or in their mailbox, you're in their inbox, you're on their social media. They see you more times. Therefore, they recognize you more times. You're top of mind. They get to know you. They get to like you. And then ultimately, if you serve them the right information, they get to trust you. One of the things that's been interesting in growing the company that I think you could talk about is the simplicity um, that you have to keep things. And I think this is very um, appropriate for when you think about your brand, right? And people are building a brand right now. You need to keep your value prop and keep your brand, I would say, simple. Yep. Uh, but talk about what your thought process is on when we're delivering the value proposition 
or you know when you're thinking about the brand from a simplicity standpoint? Um, well, I think the, the simplest of all is what, what you what you just mentioned. I'll, I'll say it again. It is it does boil down to the relationships that you have. That's what it that's what it all comes back to. So the simplicity of your message should always be reminding the relationship that you have and building upon that. So it's the same thing that when we're working with our team to communicate our value, it's keeping the message simple. Sometimes we we, we want to chase a lot of shiny objects. We've been guilty of that where we where we pursue other things. When I'm communicating the value, when a salesman is trying to talk to a prospect, we tend to go in a bunch of different areas. Mm-hmm. So what I've always, everybody says the 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 KISS principle, and, and I like to call it, keep it simple, Steve. So just keep the <laughs> message very, very simple. And so when we're talking to one of our prospects or when we're talking to a client, we just always want to remind them, your message has to be simple. And I believe your message is whatever business you're in. And, and I want to broaden this, not just within real estate to financial advisor, mortgage, title, the lawyers that are contacting that we're, we're, we're just, we have this, we're dealing with 70 different groups that we're doing magazines for. It's helping them. Your message should be very, very simple. I, I'm in a relationship with you for whatever it is that you do. And I'm here when you need me in mm-hmm. the future or whether you need me now or whether I helped you in the past, I'm here because of the relationship. Just keep it that simple. And then if you do that, yeah, it's successful. Normally yeah. follows. Because you don't tend to go after other things. It's when you're, when you try to do be everything to everyone, is is you're nothing you, to yeah. no one. Nobody. I don't know. And you perform. <laughs> well, I don't know if that was exactly what I was saying, but you tend to perform. Okay. If you try to do ten things, you'll probably do nine things um, average. Yes. And mm. somebody's going to kick your backside if you're average. Yep. So mm. you want to be really good in the one thing that you do, and that's what we try to do: is hey, relationship marketing, staying staying relevant to your relationships on a consistent basis every couple of months. And with our other tools, weekly, social posting, all those things. But the whole, the simplicity is keep yourself top of mind in the relationships that are going to make you successful. Mm. Yeah. It's, uh, I was going to say, we also saw, and you guys probably remember this too, is you can't scale an organization with too many variables uh, from a focus standpoint and then also from a messaging standpoint. Because I remember you got rid of our uh, outside sales manager. Um, and the main reason you got rid of them is because they were, calling up our outside sales presenters and they're basically sharing good stuff, but it's so random, right? It was very random. And so from a core message standpoint, it wasn't like what they were saying. And this is, should be a powerful application for people listening. You're going to have people on your team. They're not doing something wrong Mm. necessarily. This person was training our reps and they weren't saying things that were wrong. They were giving them good, you know, piece of advice, but it wasn't focused and it wasn't on process with, Hey, no, this is what we do. This is how we do it. This is why it works. This is what the brand is. Say that and only that. And if you look at the greatest leaders of all time, they tend to shout the same thing from stage over and over and over again. And if you read these business books, they literally tell you, and I never valued it in the past as much as I do today now that we've reached 300 employees, is that, oh my gosh, no, every time you speak, you need to reiterate the vision. You need to reiterate because you it's think- It's so funny because yesterday we were on like a management training and it was, <clears throat> we were going through SMART goals. And it's one of those things you take for granted. We're like, okay, everyone, we've talked about SMART goals. We've done podcasts yeah. on SMART goals. We've, we've trained on SMART goals. And going through it, when we were asking people- um, or our HR manager was kind of calling on people to say the acronyms. And it's no problem. They, they, they were getting some wrong. And you're like, oh my gosh, the number of yeah. times we've talked about SMART goals, it's like, no, you actually have to keep 
reinforcing Number that one message yep. or people won't pick up on it. Well, uh, Jeff, uh, the CEO of LinkedIn, mm-hmm. he literally said a simple problem with given multiple layers becomes complex. And mm-hmm. the concept there is that what you do might be simple, but you add on multiple layers. And for you, maybe you're just a single real estate agent right now. You don't even have a team or employees. But when you add on the title person, the mortgage person, everybody that's involved in that transaction, that simple thing of communication became extremely complex because now you have multi layers that you have to communicate through. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that's why it's so important for your brand to have a single focus point, a single message for your company and your messaging to have a single focus point. And that is what you drive to every single time. Yeah. And it's what you become known for. Yeah. That is probably, it's like when you think about it, we won't, we won't get in, but you think about just the business environment, the political environment, all of it. It's a, a singularity of the message yeah. that you're giving over and over and over again. It's why when, when, when I'm working with, with team leads and trainers is just constantly reminding them that it's the same message, and you just gotta you just gotta give it over and over and over mm-hmm. again. And, it, and as, I'm not saying it's a tor- tortoise in the hair, but like a salesperson who can be locked in on a single simple message and, and repeat it over and over and over again, it's probably going to be they're going to beat them. They're going to yep. beat them because the great salesman will end up talking about a bunch of different things. Well, Jeff, our best sales guy, has yeah. been. 18 years. I mean, he's with before at the other company, but, um, says the same thing over and over again. He's made calls for like 18 years. So if you are nervous of making calls, maybe we get Jeff on sometime. (laughs) I I doubt he would come on the podcast, (laughs) but he's made calls for 18 plus years. Says the same thing. He'll just drag us for not having him on the podcast. He was interesting. He was one of my first, he was one of my first hires. And, uh, and it was the most amazing thing is usually when, when I hired someone back then, a little different than we do it today. We do it a little more systematic today (laughs) than the way I used to do it. But I can remember when I brought Jeff in, he's a person that was so much like me. Is like um, I made some phone calls with him, and then I he had the headset on listening, and I said, see, this is kind of what we're doing. And then I asked him to, uh, you know, make the, the calls. And uh, the humorous thing was he kind of looked at his watch like. Uh, during the interview? Yeah, during the interview. He goes, okay, all right, all right, all right. And so, but he got on, and it was the most amazing thing. It's never happened to me since then he pretty much was able to deliver the message. We saw, talk about simple. He didn't add anything. Yeah. He didn't add anything. He just did it. In fact, it, I remember the time, I think he actually, on that one, the, one of his first calls, he actually got in a photo on a list. You know, the first one, he, was, he was just methodical mm. about his message and what he needed in order to help them succeed. Yeah. The what, how, why. He heard me do it, you know, because obviously on the intro call, he just pretty much, did it that way. And then I remember when he got off the phone, he's like, so is that what you need me to do? Yeah, and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, when can, can you start today? Can you start like right now in five minutes? He laughed. He's like, I can't do that. But so Jeff was, yeah, he's, he's There's such a valuable lesson there of stop thinking that your features help you actually sell. Yeah. And, and like your feature, like people try to throw on in their, in their brand or in their sales process. If we can just showcase that we have all these features and all these things, it's going to help us sell. It doesn't. It's the features tell value sells. Yeah. And it's like the thing that you need to look at and, and make sure that you hone in on your core value prop is what is the brand that your clients believe you have And Tony Robbins puts it this way, what pain point are you helping them solve or what desire are you helping them achieve? And oftentimes it's happens both at the same time. You solve a pain, you get a desire. The point of saying that is going, 
man, that is all you should preach all day long. So when you go to your listening presentation, it's not that important to spit out all of your features that you offer. What's most important is what is the pain point that you're helping this person solve and what is the desire that you're helping them achieve? That is what your brand is. And if we called up the person that you did the listening presentation to after you did it, would they tell us that's what your brand was? Like that is the real challenge to everybody. Is like if we ask your clients today what your brand is, what would they say? Because that's truly what your brand is. Because whether you think you have a brand or not, you have a brand. I think it was Ed Stulock that we had on the podcast that mentioned that. It's like every single person has a brand. You either control it or you don't control it. Well, Marty Neumeyer said the same thing where it's like your your brand is what people think about you. It's what they say about you, not what you say. So we kind of talked about the idea of the brand and the messaging from a sales perspective, from a value proposition. Talk about it from now a business perspective, because as we grew larger in size over the last 20 years, obviously, you had those situations where people were kind of coming up with their own messages or own value proposition and started to lose focus of this idea. We've talked about rowing in the same direction, right? We want to row in the same direction because if you're not, you're going to end up going in circles. So talk about sort of aligning the business behind this mission and vision from the perspective of all being on the same page with, with the message. Um, yeah, I, th- I think what I would say for, for me being, I'm, I'm very entrepreneurial. I still love to get in the details. I'm, I'm, I'm learning, I'm learning not to <laughs> as best I can. I'm learning not to, but that it is I one of the hardest things. It, it is. About it, leadership. It, it definitely is. It definitely is. So, you know, what I would say is like the, the, as we've been growing and getting, getting growing and getting bigger and bigger, I think the hardest part, you know, for, for me was during the mid years, I was having to move some people on because of what you were saying. I couldn't, I couldn't corral them and, and get them focused on that. And I think, you know, and this is a testament to the, to the two individuals that are, that are sitting here beside me. It was their ability to take what I, your, you guys' ability to take what I'd built and said, you know, hey, let me put down in writing what the mission is, what the vision is, what the brand is. And, and you guys were able to take that, get it written. And that was really a stepping point for us, I think, when we went to the next level because then it wasn't asking someone to not not change it. It was like, here it's written. This is this what, is what this it is. is. This is what we're trying to do. And, and uh, one of the things about entrepreneurs is we just tend to want to get in and uh, and fix that. And uh, it's just very hard not to do that. You know, <laughs> for me, it's hard not to do that. But I'm getting better at it. I really am. I'm getting better at it. At least you guys are, are helping me get better at it. Saying, hey, this is our brand. This and so. What I'm trying to do now is make sure and look around and make sure that what we're writing down, our core values, uh, fearless, our mission and vision, helping people live a life of freedom. You know, in a nutshell, helping them live a life of freedom, how mm-hmm. close more deals, retain more sales. That's really the, the vision and the mission. When somebody comes on, we're going to repeat that over and over again because if you're yeah. not bought in on that, you don't fit within our culture. Then when you're in our culture and then it's the, the, mission, the vision and mission executed through our different tools that we have on what, how, why, kind of how we can help them do that. So it's really a testament to you guys really getting it written down. And then, and then again, as we grow and get uh, larger, it's just people. So it's making sure that we implement these things so that our people that are on the team understand, you know, where we're going and what we're trying to achieve. A podcast is an incredibly easy, effective, and inexpensive way to have your prospects view you as an authority. And when your prospects view you as an authority, they're in the proper mindset to buy from you. Get everything you need to start your own podcast with our free ebook, Small Business Podcasting, The Ultimate Starter's Guide. 
a smartphone, some headphones, and an app is all you need to begin. Go to ReminderMedia.com slash podcasting and download this free resource today. That's ReminderMedia.com slash podcasting. Take action on this today. And people want that, like they want that mission. They want something that they can align themselves with as mm-hmm. well. Um, so they want to be part of a mission driven organization. So, yeah, well, I think it's also for like a little clarity because we obviously have all the back, you know, drops in our minds, but for clarity for the audience, it's like you as a business owner, whether you're an entrepreneur, you're in the business, you got to be in the details. But what we're saying is you have to make sure that you don't own the problem and the solution, you give autonomy yep. to the people that you've hired to own the problem and solution. So you can be in the details and give them advice and mentor them and all that stuff. But the mistake that we constantly have made is that we get in the details and try to do it our way. And then all of a sudden we own the problem and the solution yep. and not the leader that's there. In the power of putting down on paper, the vision, the mission, the values, i.e. our brand necessarily was that now it was, we can give you the ownership and we have a, a mechanism now to get you off the team. And I know it sounds crass, but that's the reality. I never realized the power of a vision and a mission and, a, and values like I do today. If you don't have your vision, mission, and values and you have team members, you now are making it so difficult for yourself <laughs> to be able to hold people accountable yeah. because it's about your opinion of them and how their performance is. And then you're documenting numbers and all stuff, which of course you need to document numbers. But the reality is, is once you put it on paper, the vision, the mission and the values, now you can say, Hey, it's not me that's firing you. It's not me that's holding you accountable. It is because I'm on this team too, and I'm going to hold you accountable. But the vision and the mission and the values of this organization is holding you accountable. So when you're not executing this is what's chopping. Yeah. And and I'm telling you right now, when you do that and you use the vision, the mission, and the values as the, the guiding force that cuts people from the team, that hires people to the team, that holds people accountable to performance on the team, it changes the whole dynamic of your organization yeah. because it's no longer one-to-one personal Luke sitting down with an employee. It's literally, hey, hey, you agreed to this vision and this mission, but these results aren't aligned to that. Yeah. yeah. And so it's not about my opinion of you. It's about that opinion. Yeah. And I would say no, just for me, like when you're a small company or not a small company, but when you have um, less than our people, you embody the mission and vision yourself mm-hmm. as a person. I mean, you, you are, so you can go, but at one certain point, it's gotta be the embodiment of that has to, it, you have to get it down. And that's a real hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. It's a real hard thing to do to, to get the embodiment of who, who you are down into other people to do on that side of it. And then for me, it's just been, I mean, I don't know how people, I think on the first one, I think I'd shared, I'll share it again. You know, my my parents were missionaries, so I grew up, you know, a certain way. And, you know, I always want to help people. So I tend to do that, which is get in at that detail level. And and that's been the hardest part is just saying, hey, I can't get into detail. I can help and mentor if you want to reach out to me. I can can try to help you there. But yeah, it's about, this is the mission, vision. This is where we're going. This is what we've all documented we need to do. And so- Mm-hmm. That's what we have to do. And then you're right. Then it becomes that versus, hey, I want to, I'm not a save you, but hey, let me get in and help yeah. you here. Let me, let me, because then, yeah, then it becomes that, that is, that has been my personal journey and my lesson and where I'm at is that's where, that's where I am today. You know? It's like, you got to let your kids fail. I'm, I'm seeing yep. it in already with Evie and stuff. I'm just like, oh man, I want to 
help her do yeah. this right now, but I can't help her do this. I just got to point her in the right direction. If she doesn't do it, she's going to suffer the consequences of it. Yeah. And you got to, and that, my mom did that really well. She had eight kids. All of us turned out semi-normal well maybe some of us <laughs> not like myself but semi-normal the third and one was the third <laughs> one psychopath really has some issues He's a freaking psychopath but um but one of the things she did extremely well was um she did not um she let us basically fail and be our own uh, it's adults the hardest thing for me to do like even i was i've uh, been my daughter like her goal was to, like cook yeah. once a week she's been getting into that she's 14 13 um 14 <laughs> <laughs> Getting the details. Definitely 14. Uh, And so it's like, I even told her at one point, because my natural instinct is just to take over and to do it. And I even asked her at one point, I was like, hey, do you want me to leave and you do this and just figure it out? Or do you want me to to stay and help? She goes, well, I like when you're in the kitchen, but if you could let, just let me do it. And I was like, perfect. So it's like, like learning that is super, super powerful in life and in, yep. in business. So. Well, the um, CEO of YouTube, I believe it is, and then the CEO of um, 23andMe, uh, they're sisters. And then the third sister is a high-level doctor. Yeah, Wait a minute. So the CEO of YouTube and the CEO of 23andMe are sharing information? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh, and then, but um, there's an article written. Yeah. I, their mother, did yeah, you read this? And I their did, mother said the number one thing she credits their success to is that she did not step in uh, to do things for them that they should be able to do themselves at that age. Mm, yeah. And and I go, okay, we're talking it's about huge. kids right now, but I, I'm applying it to like business, business and going, yeah. man, our greatest lesson over the years, and you are testing this, your greatest lesson is going, I can't step in yeah. and do something for this person that they should be able to do themselves. Um, and you're stepping in because you grew up a missionary's kid doing to others as you want done to you, you know, trying to help them. And that's not a bad thing. It's a good heart, but it actually creates failure and chaos in the organization. Yeah, and you got to let people rise I or think fall. As the organization gets bigger. Yes. A hundred percent. I've seen that that's held us back. You know, that's held us back. Uh, um, somewhat. I often tell a story about my dad, which I think is funny is like along the same lines is um, I probably didn't know how, finances were, you know, I didn't have any idea, but in college I wanted to, and if I I've told this story before, I know you probably, you've heard it. I think you have too, but this would be kind of funny. So I'm in college, I'm a freshman and I managed to get a job working for IBM and it was in a, a plant where we were, when you needed a, a book, I'm really dating myself now, but if you needed your printer book, that got lost. You know, we would be the ones where you'd make the order and we'd go get the book, put it on a thing and, and shove it. Anyway, they paid unbelievable on an hourly rate. It was just like you died for these jobs. So I get this job. So my dad at the time, I, I needed a car and I didn't know, you know, anything about like, this is terrible interest rates and, and stuff like that. I didn't know that. I just thought, Hey man, I can get this job and the hourly rate's going to be great. I'll be able to pay part of college. This is going to be fantastic. And so the time my dad uh, goes, all right. And I don't think dad did this intentionally. I don't think he did this intentionally, but he goes, uh, he goes, all right, we'll go to the bank and see what type of loan you can get. And so I came back at dad, I can't get a loan. He goes, <laughs> oh, okay. So I'm going to have to make you a loan. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, all right, well, what rate did they quote you at the bank? And so I gave him the rate and he goes, all right, Here's what I'm going to do. I'll loan you the money, like with uh, two percentage points better than what the bank would have given because <laughs> I don't need the money. And, and I'm like, okay. That's right. where the business skills came well, from. No, <laughs> not yet. Not yet. But it did. It did. Because so I, I, my dad made me the loan and everything. He sent me like a one page document. This is the interest rate. This is what your payment was. And I remember that semester, that first semester I was working there. I was so happy, man. I was making money, coming home. It was in school. It was fantastic. 
But then I actually, at the six months, I sat down and put the amortization schedule <laughs> together, and I realized, wait a second. <laughs> Everybody, hold on a second. I've been working for six months, and I paid a lot of interest. And Dad's got that interest, and I didn't. I said, wait a second. And it was in that moment, like I said, Dad taught me a very, very important lesson in that moment. And I often told Dad in later years, I asked him, you know, did you do it intentionally? And Dad was a lot like me. He'd be like, sure. Of course I did. (laughs) Of course I did. But it was in that moment that you suddenly realized, oh, okay, this is how that works. This is mm-hmm. how that piece of the business works. And then that always helped, you know, as you go on. You just, it, it opens your eyes to a lot of stuff. I was listening to a podcast in the gym today, and they were talking about, you know, these characters that are out there that, um, like Churchill or Trump or these type of people. And they were talking about an entrepreneurship and stuff like that, but they, they tend to be people that are um, a little bit, like, bent a little weird. Basically, they're, they're, they're a little quirky. <laughs> So like, I'm, yeah, I'm weird. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, Steve. <laughs> but weird. the point they were making is How that. How are you letting him say that? Yeah, yeah. But they, the point is. Good content. That they, exactly. yeah, exactly. Good Make content. this a clip for TikTok. No, but the point he was making is like most of those people, if you look at their background, they came through very interesting, a lot of times rough backgrounds. And mm. that is what has enabled them to be able, um, like they were saying with Churchill, like um, nobody liked him. Right. Nobody liked that guy, but he rose to leadership like he rose to the occasion of the time, you know, and it was only his rough background refined him to be that. And then I think about like, you know, the journey of you as a missionary's kid and super poor, but things like your dad doing that to you, like the power of that shaping you as an individual. And it's almost in a way of like you should really value all of the hard stuff that happens to you in your life because yep. it truly is, it's like your greatest burden turns out to be your your blessing. It truly is the thing that, like my biggest fear for my daughter right now is that her life will be too easy. Mm. And I go, oh my gosh, if her life is too easy, she will have no fortitude and no ability to rise to the occasion. But you know, how do you make sure that you play that balance? Yep. And I see that in our employees, our best employees, our best salespeople living in their car, $30,000 in, in yeah. debt, um, yeah. drug addict, uh, drunk, got sober. Um, like yeah. they have overcome adversity in their life and have risen to that next level, that next occasion. And oftentimes, like you think of someone like yourself, Josh, or me or whatever, it's like you you have this like where you your fortitude is there because you're basically what you've walked through in your journey. You're fighting for something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I say I don't know that I ever had like. I mean, I didn't have it. I mean, I didn't have it rough, you know. But what I would say is, I do think it's you did walk up hill to school, but I did. You did have to across. go to the rubber factory yeah, right. to get new soles for your shoes every once in a while in Uruguay. Now that's the frugality of myself. <laughs> that is a good story. Like when I was when I was growing up. Uh, all the military kids in Uruguay and the uh, diplomatic kids, they always got, um, and the commissary, they were getting all the American products. And I had one pair of uh, Nike or Nike. Which which is it? Everybody says it's different. Which is it? Nike. Nike? Nike? Nike, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. The Nike shoes. Who calls it Nike? I don't know. No, I but do. nobody calls no, it I Nike. I call it Nike. This guy so, calls listen, it Nike. I call it Nike, so it's probably right. That's the thing about it. We need to call Phil and ask, hey, Bill. And is that Nike, in and of itself, is it that Nike? statement is a great lesson. But, uh, no, I had one pair of shoes literally for, like, two years. And uh, 
down there, the asphalt courts, I wore the shoe out probably in like a month, month and a half. And so in my uh, resourcefulness, I went down to the local uh, rubber factory and had them cut me some soles and glue them to the bottom. <laughs> then I painted them white and I kept those shoes for a lot of years. So it's the resourcefulness <laughs> of what is. But I actually think I credited something else. I think when you look at, I would say this to everyone who's a number three. Hmm. I just think. Like I la- born number three born in number their family. Three. Born number three in the family. I just think. And, and I know this because my best friend, when when he gave birth to, uh, when they gave birth to, to Sean, when I went to the hospital, yeah. I'm literally got a gown up, mask up. This was a bunch of years ago, but I'm like, she wouldn't even let me hold Sean I'm gonna wait until I was completely just, I mean, if you saw me, couldn't see the other of my eyes. <laughs> you have to sanitize I know, every time and, you hold the kid. Yeah, and, and so then... When and this Sierra, is pre-COVID, just so everybody yeah, knows. Yeah, this, this is not even like, yeah, yeah, yeah this, this is, way is years and years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then when Sierra's born... It wasn't like that. And then a few years after Shara was born, we're just all out at a at a beer garden and we're sitting there, we're we're all talking everything. And Sierra's she's literally playing in the dirt. She drops her banky and she's about to put it in her mouth. And of course, me, I'm freaking out. I'm like, hey, 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 hey. And she looks at it, she picks it up, she goes, So here's the point I'm making. If you're number three in the order, yeah, you're probably fighting for, for <laughs> attention. You're probably fighting for mom and dad to focus you on a little bit. And they're not just like, and uh, and so I just think there's something to be said with that. And the reason I say this, not just because you're number three yeah. or myself, but I meet, <clears throat> when I meet so many people that are, you just realize there's something to be said for, uh, for being the one because you're, you're trying to get Having to attention. fight for yeah, attention. You're, you're, and and yeah. everything that you get Everything that you get, you had to fight for. You because the first one got it. They just got it because mom and dad yeah. did it. The second one, got, by the time the third one comes along, it's just like, hey, bet you better figure it out. <laughs> Good <know>? luck. <laughs> and so, and so I really do think that because I meet people all the time, especially entrepreneurs or business people. They'll find out, you know, about Reminder Media and me a little bit. And if they have a company, I always ask them, hey, what, what position are you? And they'll be like. Number three, you know, yeah. so I really feel like the number You're three. It's so interesting. <laughs> I wonder if there's any studies done on that. That is so interesting. That, that's I'm my sure. story. I'm yeah, sticking that's to your it. Story. Yeah, that's just it's that's Nike like, and it's they number say three. It's about the Enneagram eight, and I think you're an eight. <clears throat> yeah. In the reading of the Enneagram eight, it says Enneagram eights will often think that they are the greatest, right? Type idea. <laughs> it's like, well, and they, well, and, on, and everybody, but every Enneagram eight should be an eight. Like, everybody should be an eight, not just the Enneagram eights. And literally, after you found out you're you literally started going around talking to people like you, you should be an eight. Like, <laughs> I was like, oh, this is creepy, man. This this <laughs> this is creepy. Well, it's the same thing. Uh, with the, it's the same thing with the PI. My my predictive index. We do the predictive yeah. index. We try to get a feel for the person before we even interview, and we do that. And it's just funny because uh, mine are at the extremes. They definitely yeah. are. They're at the both extremes. And I'm always saying to the recruiting team, they say that's not the best PI to have. I'm always like, it's the absolute yeah. best. You got to be a maverick. Every you time be you a see maverick. that PI, you just have just kind yeah. of a heartwarming <laughs> towards that PI. But I did look at most of our salespeople. I did go back and look at that. And yeah, there's- It is there's, true. There's, most there's, salespeople are mavericks, persuaders, yeah. um, captains. Yeah. Uh, if Promoter, you know the predictive index, right. which you can do your own yeah. predictive at index reminder. ReminderMedia.com slash StayPaidPI. Yes, if you want to find out your personality, it's it's actually great for knowing how you tick. And if you have employees, go have them take it because it will help you know how to relate to them, how to uh, to talk to them, how to communicate. Well, Steve, thank you. It's been too long. Three years was way too long. uh, Episode 100 to episode, what are we up to now? 300 and... We're at uh, 400. Yeah, (laughs) four. 
<laughs> what are we doing here again? 442, <laughs> What's 444. What's the show called? Yeah. <laughs> the Three Stooges, his daughter's 13. We're on 300 yeah. episodes. You can you tell know what I think it is in the details Not to be anymore. funny, it, yeah. it, like, um, you've done keto before, right? Like keto? Mm-hmm. Have you gotten like the keto flu where it's like mm-hmm. you get this brain fog? No? No. Do I've I, never done it before, Steve. You, have you? <laughs> no, I've never had brain fog. <laughs> all right. Thank you all so much for listening. This has been a great episode. That Steve, was, that was yeah, the dad thank joke. You. Thank you for we being on again. Keto. We yeah. recommend keto to everyone. Yeah. Uh, the <laughs> best way to connect with Steve, ReminderMedia.com. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Go and check I appreciate out you guys. Go check out and I'll, I'm going to wrap up by saying I'm so thankful that these two, these two gentlemen are, are with me. Um, regardless, obviously, I think most everyone knows that you're, you're my nephew, but I see you more as a business partner. Same with you, Josh. Same with uh, Mike and the rest of our of our team in here, and that it really it's beyond me. You know, Reminder Media isn't it isn't me. It's really it's all of us. It's the the mission and vision of what we're trying to do, mm-hmm. and I'm super excited. Uh, someone who shall remain nameless always <laughs> says that there's some companies with millions of clients. You know, and we yeah, have we're getting our butt kicks. I know we have forty some thousand. Yeah. So we have the potential to really um, we're, we're doing something special, but we have the potential you know, to build something absolutely incredibly amazing. And it all boils down to that mission and vision, helping whoever's watching this. We just really want to help you connect with your key relationships. Why? Because that's how you live a life of freedom. Why? Because that'll generate you more uh, business. It'll generate you more closes, more transactions. And we're going to help you with all of our tools and everything. It's going to be, we will go to the ends of the earth to help you make that connection with those relationships um, because we know That'll give you a life of freedom. And that's what we're here to do. Well said. Awesome. Thank you again so much. And thank you all for listening. You can dive deeper to this episode, get the resources, as well as the video over at staypaidpodcast.com. If you enjoyed this episode and want to show your support, head on over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Drop us a review. And the best way to show your support is to simply share this episode with a friend. If you want to get hold of me or Luke, you can email us at podcast at remindermedia.com. And of course, you can follow us on social media. We are at Stay Paid Podcast. For this episode of Stay Paid, I'm Joshua Stike. Guys, I'm Luke Acre. Steve, thank you again. It's been an awesome journey so far and we're just getting started. Here's my action item for everybody watching this. I think a really good practical step you could take is reach out to your five closest clients and ask them to describe to you your brand. So if you were to ask them today, hey, what do what is my brand? Meaning like, what is my value prop? What, how would you describe my company? Yeah. What do I do? And see what they say. And that truly probably is your brand that you have. So you need to make sure it's what you want, right? Because you can control your brand by the messaging you put out. Keep it simple, Steve. That is our saying for the show. Wait, I don't know if I yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> I may have to take that, take keep, that back. Yeah, <laughs> keep it simple. Remember, the difference between top producers and mediocre producers in every single business is top producers take action. Take action on that today. 